0: Welcome back to the Pinstripe podcast. Scotty, what is up?
1: Not much. It's getting hot though.
0: It is. It's getting quite hot. Um, but let's jump right into this, right? Yep. Now, obviously we're coming hot off of the All-Star break, but I want to circle back to a little bit pre-All-Star break because we've got a guy we got to talk about. Mr. Matty Mustache himself.
1: The man the myth the is- legend.
0: The man, the myth, the legend, um, Matt Carpenter. Now, I just have a few stats from, you know, a few days before the break. Matt Carpenter is the fifth player in Major League Baseball history to have 13-plus home runs and 30-plus RBIs in his first 30 games with any franchise. Crazy. It's like he doesn't know how to do anything other than hit a home run. And it's
1: wild. Yeah. No, it's that. And then, but not even just that. His splits are almost equally he's as be- crazy. He's better
0: against left-handed hitters. He, yeah. He's or better left-handed at,
1: hitters. Yeah, he's better against against himself. Um, Which is wild. So, right now, in 29... So, he's had 29 games where he's faced righties. Or, um, sorry, 67 plate appearances. He's batting 333. In 30... Played appearances against lefties. He's batting 400. Yeah. Crazy.
0: Crazy. He currently ranks minimum, right? Matt Carpenter, Major League Baseball ranks minimum 90 plate appearances. Batting average, 360, first place. OBP, 473, first place. Slugging, 933, first place. OPS, 1406, first place. It, it's it's disgusting. It It, it doesn't make sense. Is really what it comes down to. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. And it's,
0: it is it's effortless. And it I think it is probably the biggest plot twist of the Yankee season so far. Nobody, because you could go back to the episode where we signed Matt Carpenter, right? And the two of us were very nervous because it was right when DJ got hurt. We thought that it was an inclination that DJ's injury was bigger. We're like, what are we doing? Signing this old man, obviously saving the world. He currently is averaging an RBI every 2.9 at bats or something. The person in second place, J Ram 4.9 at bats.
1: Yeah. It's insane. But I mean, here's, a, here's the big thing about Matt Carpenter is that like, I feel like he's been around for a long time. He's only 36. He's only, I like, think
0: it's I, the stash.
1: I think, but also I think everybody like thinks he's just been in the league for a, a long time. I mean, he's been in the league since 2011.
0: <laughs> I but, think it has to do, he was a long, like he was a Cardinal his entire career. Entire right?
1: career. Yep.
0: So I think that that also has a lot, like, this is going to sound weird. But I feel like when you're a cardinal, your career just feels like eight times. <laughs> I don't know what it is about it, but if you're like, oh, a long time cardinal, you're like, oh, you've been playing since the Stone Age. That just a pool uh,
1: that, that's just because they all are old. All right, pool host Molina. Um, I'm blanking on the pitcher's name. Um, Wayne Wright. No what? Wayne Wright. Yes, yes, Waino. Yeah, all of them. They're just actually old.
0: <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um. We go ahead and we won the series against the Sox, an absolute offensive explosion. Um, I do, I did have to say one thing I thought was really cool as an objective baseball fan. (laughs) I thought it was very cool how Jeter Downs' first major league home run was was hit at Yankee Stadium. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a whole cool thing. And then he had his first big hits uh, against the Yankees the last time we played him as well. I mean, of course, the whole thing is his name is Growing up
0: a Yankee fan. Yeah. So it was
1: was cool. And I'm going to be honest, it would have been a lot uh, less cool if we didn't end up obliterating the Sox that game. Um,
0: If we we had gotten lost that game, I wouldn't have brought it up. I wouldn't (laughs) have fucking said anything. But we went on to win. Also, if we want to keep talking about the socks, is Chris Sale capable of staying on a major league field? I know that this one was not his fault. This one was, <laughs> who'd have guessed that Aaron Hicks would hit the ball? But, <laughs> sorry, I'm I'm getting apartment stuff is a mess right now. But um, but Chris Sale with a definite broken pinky.
1: Oh yeah, definite. There is no doubt. That was quickly, quickly confirmed.
0: And that is just not that I feel bad for them because I don't. But like, imagine how earth shattering that is to Red Sox fans. Yeah, you just get him back. He makes what three starts? What I've seen, I've
1: seen people go and they're like, "Oh, you know, I don't care what team you're a fan of. You got to kind of feel bad about how Chris Sale hasn't played a game." And I was like, "I do not feel bad for that guy. I, He's okay. kind of a dickhead." <laughs>
0: Yes, I objectively, (laughs) like objectively, I'm like, God, it sucks that like,
1: right as he comes back, he's hurt already.
0: Yeah. And like, you, you know, as much as you hate him, you're like, he has good stuff. And you're like, you know, that he, he could be really good for baseball if he could play. But but then you like figure out who he is as a person, and you're like, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: like his play, his play. Hey, yeah, no, that's great for the game. His personality, push it a little bit. Yeah, like, yeah. look, there, there are people in the, you know, it's it's all right. I love seeing a vibrant personality when it's towards the other team, not when it's towards yourself and your own, you know.
0: Yeah, it gets gear. a little a little <laughs> funky.
1: Yeah, like um, I, I love to see a fiery emotion. You know, you see it a bunch from, uh, Hauk does it a bunch for them. You know, he just comes off the mound. He's fiery. You know, he's he's aggressive. He's angry, but he's angry for the game. And yeah. because he did well, not it's, because it's, he the hates The energy everything. is
0: directed in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> not so much with, with Mr. Sale. But one last thing on the socks, just because this one, this one pumps the Yankee blood. The Red Sox did not win a single AL East series the entire first half of the season. They either split or they lost. And that makes me so wildly happy as both a Yankee fan and a long-term, you know, seeing the, the long shot for the Orioles.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a massive, that's a massive thing. That's huge, That's, and because like that, that will take in consideration that is later. fight this year.
0: their ass in September. Exactly. exactly. Yep.
1: If they get in that situation where they're fighting for a spot, them having a terrible record,
0: when it uh, comes down to one sixty two for them again, that is not going to help.
1: Exactly. Exactly. God,
0: you know what I can't wait for? When we get to the point in the season when we're like, God, we could lose every single game from here on out, and we would still be in the playoffs. <laughs> And I feel like with the lead that we have, that should come like next week. But knowing us, knowing us, something will happen. Yeah, but um, yeah, uh, that's crazy. And like, I that was not a storyline until like the All Star break. Obviously, you wouldn't make the call like before that, but like, not even like a mumbling of it. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and that's gonna be a huge thing that hurts them um, in the yeah. future especially with how the how the wild card's already turning out with uh, Seattle up there. The Orioles are sneaking their way up. There are, There's so many teams up there. There's still no promise of any of these teams. It's there, there's no dominant wild card.
0: No one, yeah, no one's like for, the, ahead.
1: for the NL, the Braves are kind of pulling it a little bit more. But in the AL, it is Rays, Red Sox, Blue Jays, Mariners. All of them are up there, and none of those teams are like, okay, they're dominant. They're probably going to take it. They're all having that middle of the ground year, where anything could happen.
0: It, listen, it's a year. It's a year. Um, let's talk about the All Star break a little bit. Obviously, yeah. we're not gonna sit here and break down the All Star game for more- you.
1: So every- before, before we kind of, oh, I okay. want to touch the beginning, the beginning of the All Star break, because we're gonna start touching uh, a little less Yankee things as we go around. To start the All Star break. There is the MLB draft. Oh, yeah. Now, granted, it's the MLB draft. It's not as big as any of these other drafts because, you know, you won't see these kids for another five years. Um, We did have Jackson Holiday go number one overall, son of Matt Holiday, Drew Jones, son of Andrew Jones go number two. So those are for the Orioles and the Diamondbacks. I feel bad for Drew Jones just because he's on the Diamondbacks now. But, <laughs> um, you know, it's cool to see that. Cool to see sons of these players, especially at such a young age, be able to get drafted. But time to focus on the Yankees draft.
0: Hold of on. course, one other thing. Go ahead. Kuma Rocker and Jack Leiter have been reunited. Yes. Rangers.
1: They're reunited now as Rangers. Yes. Um, to get into the Yankees ones, of course, it's the MLB draft. So there are 20 rounds. We're not going to go into detail about all of them. I just want to go in detail about our first four, which um, is our 25th pick, 61st pick, 100th pick, and 130th pick. Start off with number 25. This is our big one.
0: This is our copy-biscuit judge.
1: Outfielder, 6'7", left-handed mm-hmm. outfielder from Vandy, Mr. Spencer Jones.
0: Gotta love a Vandy boy.
1: His last year at Vandy batted 370, 12 dingers, Twenty-one doubles and sixty ribbies.
0: The, the, the I think you sent it to me. The side-by-side video of his swing and Matt Carpenter. Oh swing yeah, right like now. almost
1: the exact same. It, but also, it, granted, it was like a very similar pitch.
0: Yeah, but so. it's just it's it's the effortless <laughs> left-handed swing. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah,
1: getting the height, getting UC, everything with it.
0: You see, like Stanton puts everything into his swing. Yeah. Carpenters. Oh, no, 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 no.
1: Stan doesn't put everything into his swing. He puts everything above his hips into
0: his swing. Yes. But, like, <laughs> Carpenters and this one is just it, – it, it reminds me of, if you take the steroids away, the ease of Robinson Cano's swing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's just easy, and it, it pops off the bat. Yeah. And so it's going to be amazing to see how quickly that guy jumps up because, again, he did finish – I think he only finished three years. I think he was a red shirt, um, junior. Or sorry, he was a Richard well, junior. So he is four years. He was four the years hard, there.
0: Well, the hard thing also with this draft class and next draft class is you're going to have to factor in the weird COVID years.
1: Yeah. So he I think he's he's like 21. So he's he's on the older half.
0: Yeah.
1: It feels weird saying 21's an older half. He went, but co-
0: he, went he went to college. Yeah,
1: he went to college. Um, but no, it's amazing to see, especially with a guy with a height like that, and he's just long, he's not. A Stanton or a Judge, where they're big all around. They're closer to a Gallo. He's closer to a Gallo, which is just tall. Which hopefully he will hit the ball. Okay, well the 370 average last year is promising, especially like the big thing about this is like
0: look like Gallo. Don't play like Gallo, please.
1: What I feel like is important about this is that he spent his time at Vandy. He batted 370 at Vandy. So it wasn't yeah. like it's some some low-key college where he was going against nobody else who ever got drafted. He went against, against these against tough pitchers. Exactly. And so like you that's were, actually. You were hitting
0: VP off of a lighter, a Kumar Rocker. Like you were
1: Yeah. Like you're actually going against real competition.
0: You're surrounded by you're surrounded by players and you're playing highest, like Practicing with and playing against, like, the highest level of college baseball. Yeah.
1: Um, Our second pick, the 61st pick overall, um, was Drew Thorpe. Uh, He was a Cal Poly right-handed pitcher, had a 2.32 ERA, um, 149 Ks through 104 and two-thirds innings, and only gave up 65 hits through all those innings. Another very good look. like that. Cal Poly as well is a surprisingly, like, it's an upscale it's an upscale school it's not like this again not like this bum school that like nobody that you're going to be playing against nobody's but yeah. that rate of hits to innings pitched and k's to innings pitched is crazy to see great look for him great stash gotta get into him <laughs> i'm looking for um a lot from this kid um i don't think there's much again we're getting into a little more of the later draft class so there's really not a ton to talk about these guys um Tristan Vreiling, I think he says. I don't know exactly how to say his last name. A Gonzaga pitcher. um, Again, a right-handed pitcher. uh, 4.91 ERA in his last year with Gonzaga. uh, 107 Ks to 80 and two-thirds innings pitched, along with only allowing 11 doubles. Pretty solid for only 11 doubles, especially saying that our first guy got 21. Spencer Jones got 21 by himself, only allowing 11 as a pitcher through 80 innings is pretty solid. Finally, Anthony Hall, um, I'm pretty sure he's a switch hitter from Oregon. I've seen picture, pic, uh, pictures ah, pictures of him on both sides. Uh, 333 average uh, with his last year with Oregon, 14 home runs, 56 RBIs, and 75 hits. So, again, 14 home runs and having a 333 average through, like, a full season.
0: 333 Shoot. is a tough average to maintain.
1: yeah. <laughs> and yeah no so again especially with a pick like that like a 130th pick getting somebody batting 330 in his last year was very good um and as i said and if you look at our post on our instagram at pinstripe.com at pinstripe.podcast only struck out 19 percent of the time love that which is a great thing to look at
0: um yeah so obviously the draft class is not or. We might never see these guys in pinstripes. We might see them for other clubs, but always, always important to recognize the pieces you have. Um, Jason Dominguez hits a long ball in the futures game.
1: Yes. And nobody else I did if anything. We're else. Gonna, if we're
0: going to sit chat prospects, I don't know. While the Chuck got the save.
1: Walter. Well, yeah, he went through like two thirds of an inning, did nothing. Volpe,
0: I didn't. I didn't. I, say I think he went over.
1: I think he went over with 2Ks.
0: But. Big shot for Dominguez. We're going to revisit the prospects in just a little bit, but real quick on that all-star game. First of all, I think obviously John Carlos, and we'll get to that in a second. I think the having Nestor and Trevino mic up while I'm they kidding. were pitching was amazing.
1: I think I think all of them mic'd up were amazing. Because what I liked about this yeah. was it wasn't mic'd up. It wasn't just one person mic'd up. They mic'd up multiple players at a time. And so they were even able to talk to each other. Talk now it each- started, you saw Cole and Freed, opposing yeah. pitchers, neither who got in. They were just there to watch. Um, <laughs> they were in their dugouts talking, and they were talking to each other, and they were going and talking to, to the commentators and all that. And I think that all of this mic'd up, was the right thing to do I think it makes his all-star game seem a little bit more relaxed going and seeing Alec Manoa who pitched a gem as well himself mic'd up and he wasn't as as entertaining I would say he originally wasn't and then once he got got comfortable he actually spoke to the commentators and asked what to throw I think that that was a ton of fun
0: it is interesting to mic up the pitcher because like they are actually like they're, they're the ones
1: that are the main ones yeah. in that.
0: Expecting them to answer is tough. So that's why I like the Nestor Trevino situation yeah. because you were just like a fly on the wall.
1: And it was just, hey, yeah, like what a- do you want to throw? Hey, what do you want to throw? This, this, yeah. this. My favorite part, and I saw Collins about this, and I really don't know how people cannot process that. People were like, had the batter not here. I was like, did you not tell that it was Nestor calling most of the pitches
0: to yeah, an ear- earpiece in Trevino? What do you want? He- Trevino the one time was like, Do you want to throw like a curveball or a heater? And yeah, it's either it's either
1: cutter, cut her up and in or here. And then like three other times, Cortez was like, Hey, what do you want to throw? And he goes, Look at me. I'm not gonna say it because yeah. the, the guy's the guy is still right there. <laughs> like
0: <laughs> But um, yeah, that was really cool. Trevino being mic'd up when he got his all-star hit was really cool. Um Judge but let's talk being about-
1: mic'd up. In the Let's talk
0: about that home run. The picture is everywhere of the compression of the ball.
1: Oh yeah, on the bat. The
0: thing, the the thing that makes me laugh is that everybody is so fascinated by this, but like,
1: it's every he's ball.
0: Consistently been hitting the ball with like <laughs> much more exit velo than literally anybody else. Yeah. Why are we surprised by visually seeing, like, the physics of what happens when you hit a ball 120 miles an hour? Yeah, it, Listen, it's still a wild picture, and it's still crazy to see. But are we surprised? No. What
1: is surprising, I saw this stat, because of that home run and then Byron Buckson's home run that came after it, Tony Gosselin – was the first pitcher to go into the all-star game undefeated and come out with a loss.
0: I saw that.
1: I think it's funny also that that happened in his home stadium. Which is a real bummer. But I also thought it was cool Clayton Kershaw got to start his first All-Star game in his home stadium as well.
0: I didn't realize that this was Kershaw's first all-star game.
1: I was it his first start his first all it was his first start.
0: Okay. I was gonna say that I was I was just like anytime time that I read it, I was like, there's that's a lie, like which I would say
1: I'm like, still, uh, like, oh, that's still like pretty cool. Like, I'm surprised that he's never started, but then again, like, you looked and he's in the same league as like a Scherzer, who you're like, okay, he's gonna start 95% yeah. of the, the all star games that he's and made.
0: Also I, feel like, I feel like a lot of the time with starting pitchers, the all star game has to just like almost fall perfectly on, a, yeah, a on your rotation, be able to start, yeah. yeah. But, um, so John Carlos Dan walks away as the All-Star Game MVP, as he should. Yeah. Um, Just, just an absolute freak.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't really have anything Julio else Rodriguez,
1: to say. Julio Rodriguez became, I think, a fan favorite this week as well.
0: Julio Rodriguez made more money coming in second place in the home run derby than he will make this entire year. This <laughs> year, he will make $700,000 for coming in second place in the home run derby. He made
1: $750,000. Hitting 81 bombs.
0: Ridiculous.
1: Yeah, to I know that.
0: Superseded by the hot topic himself. Flies commercially. What apparently the Braves picked. I just said something that the Braves offered to pick him up. So I've heard
1: I've heard so same thing happened with Paul Blackburn. The A's didn't pay for his trip, so he went with the went Astros. With the
0: Astros.
1: There's a bunch of stuff going on but, right now.
0: But the Nationals specifically like were like, we're not paying for you in response to
1: him denying his him denying so, right? million dollars
0: in case anybody is living under the a rock. The Nationals offered Juan Soto 15 years, $440 million. And he said, no, you're going to trade me instead. Get me out of here. And in response to that, they said, we are not flying you out to LA for the All-Star Week. And he said,
1: in response to that, watch me hit 50 home runs. I'm going to win the home run derby.
0: (laughs) So, I just... This Soto situation is – what, so he's got two more years of arbitration left. Yes.
1: He's not a free agent until 2025.
0: But I think what's crazy is what the Nationals are looking for. It's reported that the Nationals want your top four prospects, young major leaguers, and to also take on either Patrick Corbin's contract or the ever-doomed Steven Strasburg.
1: <laughs> I didn't. I forgot that they were trying to do that. Like, I've seen some teams be like, oh, we'll take Patrick Corbin. You don't want either. You do not want either.
0: Actually, actually, if anybody but the Mets got Steven Strasburg with the Nationals luck, he'd be so good. He'd be so healthy. He'd be crushing it. Now, do you have anything else to say about the all-star game before we get into the the topic um
1: no i don't think so let's see um i have a few things say but it was really just additions um to teams also um just got this now uh i didn't know devin williams voice was like that
0: i literally have no idea what you're talking about he's just like
1: a higher pitched voice and like he actually seemed like good like i don't know i just never like realized what his voice was and then i've seen like an interview with it i was like all right <laughs> in a voice I didn't expect. <laughs> um, but no, I really didn't have much um, else to go about with the the All-Star game.
0: So then let's talk about Mr. Soto. So following these conditions that the Nationals have put out, the Yankees would have to give up Anthony Volpe, Oswald Peraza, Jason Dominguez, and Austin Wells, which – Volpe and Dominguez have both been pretty much named as untouchables. Yeah. I also would count Peraza as a borderline untouchable because the way that we sh- shortstop shopped this offseason made it seem like we were preparing for Peraza next year. Yeah. We would also have to give up young major leaguers, just off the top of my head, Glaber, Loisaga, Clark Schmidt. Maybe JP Sears, maybe Michael King, plus take on a contract.
1: Yeah. It's
0: uh, I don't know.
1: I don't see the Yankees doing it. I don't, I mean, here's the thing though, I don't see many teams doing it, if any, because there's so many look, there's a pro. And I'll get into who I think is the most probable in a second. There are pros to this of getting Juan Soto, but I think there are plenty more cons from it of having to pay Juan Soto soon, which is going to be an equally absurd contract. I understand he turned down 440 because it's with the Nationals, but you still have to pay the man upwards of 300 And then, you know, you still are giving away your entire, like basically your entire
0: future. We have, my biggest thing is that I feel like the Yankees have been very, and we've been frustrated the last few years during trade season because the Yankees aren't willing to give big pieces up to get big pieces back, right? We didn't do it for Harper. We didn't do it for Machado. We didn't do it for Trey Turner or Max Scherzer or anybody, right? So we have been hoarding, our future. And it's not like our team is currently not World Series ready. I think the piece that we're missing and the piece that I would rather spend less than our entire, we would have to give up our entire future. Yeah. be Peraza and Dominguez, that's the next 15 years of the Yankees and you'd have to just erase it. I would rather give up a wall Maybe Wells and for like a, a starting game. pitcher, yeah. Because that's that's the part where we're not listen. We've talked a lot of shit about Joey Gallo on this on this podcast, but this team is still winning and winning games we need to with him on the field. Yes. Also, we have other options around him that we could take him out.
1: Yeah, like, here's here's the thing that I look at it as. Right now, we do not need, we would love to replace Joey Gallo, but we do not need an insane talent to replace Joey Gallo. We need just a mediocre, like, we've talked about this. a Timmy, Lowe does,
0: it, Timmy Lowe does perfectly well.
1: Yeah, yeah, just like, we just need a, a medium replacement. As we said, we put up the idea, Ben Benintendi, well, we can't get any more because of vaccination status. And Ian Hap, something like that, which... You know, we're not going to go and spend everybody we have. We can get him for a relatively low price and he will help boost the team a little bit. We don't need some absurd person. The big thing that we get with Soto, and as I said, as a con is you'd have to pay him. And so if we get Soto, we'd be paying him and we'd be losing judge or something's happening. There's no way that we'd be able to hold everything that we have along with Soto.
0: Soto would be if we. I don't, I just feel like you would assume that right now is the only opportunity in the next ten years that we have to win a World Series. Yeah, which I don't agree with. No. Yes. So listen, Soto is a generational talent. He is a fantastic baseball player for his age, for his for everything, and if it wasn't gonna cost literally the organization's entire future, I'd be in on it. Yeah. But I think, and if I'm going to think like the Yankees front office has been, that we've been observing the past few years, they're not going to erase all of the work that they have put into Volpe and into Peraza and into Dominguez for Juan Soto to then have to go and pay him three hundred and seventy five million dollars yeah when you have a superstar that is already the heart of your organization that you guys just need to figure it out at the end of the year yeah yes the Aaron Judge situation stresses me out yes I really hope that they can figure it out and this is where he wants to be and he's where we want to be of course if at the end of the year somehow the Aaron Judge thing doesn't work out yeah then I'll be really pissed we didn't get Soto But if I'm thinking like the Yankees, and I feel like we've gotten pretty good at thinking like the Yankees, the move is not Soto. We're signing Judge.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're saying all this, and nobody can call what the Nationals want really absurd. You really can't call it absurd. Because, again, Juan Soto is 23 years old, already a two-time Silver Slugger. As we just said, Already a two-time silver slugger, home run derby champion, had a major part in that 2019 World Series run. And as I said, he's 23. He is the, the age is of right. some of these prospects. They're asking
0: the right price.
1: Exactly. And you still have him for another, as we said, two to three
0: years. It's just that the Yankees are not in a position to pay that price. I, I don't know how many
1: teams are in that position to pay that price. The you look rumor- at the same...
0: The only rumors I've been seeing are Padres and Dodgers. If yes. that motherfucker puts a Dodgers uniform on, I'm going to...
1: at the same that
0: off myself. At the
1: same point that I've seen...
0: Also, I feel like you can't take the Mets out of the situation simply yeah, because Steve Cohen is off the rails.
1: Exactly. No, I've seen... Those are the three teams that I have seen. I've seen Mets, Padres, Dodgers. Dodgers already have a very satisfactory outfield. They have
0: two... The Dodgers, I feel like, run into this problem that they have too many superstars. Yeah. You have too many big names that Cody Bellinger has to fight to be on the field. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. And, like, the Mets, I can understand. The Mets could possibly use another piece in the outfield. Wouldn't hurt them. But it's the same idea. They're already spending a shit ton of money on Scherzer. They're already spending a ton on um Lindor. You still have pay you know just what got... And I don't know what
0: their prospects like. Really, they have, they have they have like the,
1: they have the best catching prospect in the league.
0: Okay.
1: Um. <laughs> but along with that is if you pick up Soto, and this is already a strong possibility of this happening, Degrom gets an opt out at the end of this year. Degrom can opt out, and it's possible that he will opt out and get away from New York, and then that's a whole nother. Either you'll have to go and repay Degrom. Or you'll go and you'll have to still pay Soto. Like you're, there's a ton of money that still the Mets have to take care of. And then you look at the Dodgers, as we said, they already have a pretty locked outfield and they have some okay prospects to give up. Most of them are in the top, like top 100, between like 40 and 100 of uh, MLB's top prospects. And Trevor May, um, those are the ones that I've been seeing. But I think the most probable one. And the one that I think is going to happen, if it does happen again, I don't even, I don't believe it will. I don't Nashville's
0: believe it just not trade him.
1: I don't believe that anybody will be able to come up with a good enough deal for them. I see the Padres doing it.
0: But I see coming I from
1: the Padres, know. which will put Tatis and Soto, not just on the same team, but possibly in the same outfield, which I'm going to be honest, defensively Soto isn't overly special. Um, he's kind of average outfielding wise, but his Batting will put them in the same order. And what the Padres have is CJ Abrams, who made his um, who is a rookie, Mackenzie Gore, who is having a great year as a rookie. Um, and then a few prospects like that. MLB's top uh, number 23 prospect, and their Padres number eight prospects. Now that's according to MLB.com, but those are almost exactly what the nationals are looking for: young talent that they have, major league ready talent. And that that would be one place where the Padres would boost as well. The Padres only have, are only spending a lot of money on Machado and Tatis. And then getting Soto could be that last push that they need to get into the playoffs. And The Padres the are game.
0: always like, the Padres are like the younger brother that is always chasing the Dodgers. Yeah. And I feel like since the Tatis-Machado combo, they felt like they were closer, but they just need one more piece. And I could see them Obviously, Soto's going to push any team that, that he's on, unless he's on the Nationals, probably into playoff contention, and yeah, yeah. that could be the piece that they're missing that they need for that final push to finally really, really compete in the National League.
1: Yeah, and that's that's that big thing is there's a ton of teams that are like, okay, they're really not competing. There's no point of, of them getting Soto. That really wouldn't push them over. The Padres are right in that spot where that little boost can really push them into the playoffs and potentially the top of their division.
0: And I think it's either Padres or no trade. Mm-hmm. If, I agree. If the asking, I was trying so hard to think of a package that the Yankees could put together. If, if the asking price was lower, fine. But I'm not interested in wiping the last three years of frustration in the trade deadline, and the future of our organization for him.
1: Exactly. And for him and then to harsh. lose Judge.
0: That sounds harsh. I think Juan Soto is arguably one of the best bats in the entire league right now. Oh, yeah. And I know that that sounds harsh to say that I'm not willing to wipe that off for just some guy, but I would rather you know, get a starting pitcher, win the World Series this year, and also be able to compete for the next 15 years.
1: And I mean the biggest thing that we have as well is like, why would we want to give up Dominguez? Why would we give up Dominguez when Dominguez could literally be the next Soto for
0: us? Exactly. That's that's what they haven't built up to be is that he's gonna be that he's gonna be that guy next. You know, he's gonna be the next Juan Soto, the next Mike Trout. So why are we gonna why are we gonna do that? Spicy, spicy stuff.
1: Only time will tell.
0: Only time will tell. Anyway, Scotty and I Zoom is getting cut off prematurely. But thank you very much for listening. You can share the show on whatever platform you can. That would be great. Makes us feel good. Makes you feel good. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Pinstripe.podcast and see all of the news that is breaking across baseball. Anyway, for Scotty, this is Lexi, and this has been the Pitch Drive Podcast. Bye!